0: You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. It's
1: that time of year in Hong Kong and in other places across Eastern and Southeast Asia when we prepare for the gates of hell to open up. In Singapore, in Malaysia, in Japan, Taiwan, Indonesia and Vietnam, they'll be doing it as well preparing for the arrival of ghosts. It's not just celebrated on one day like Halloween. In Chinese culture, the 15th day of the seventh month on the lunar calendar is called Ghost Day. In fact, the entire month is called Ghost Month. And it's got two names, depending on whether you're a follower of the Buddhist or the Taoist traditions. It's known as Zhongyunci for Taoists, Yulanci for Buddhists. For those of us who speak English, It's known as the Festival of Hungry Ghosts. Welcome to Behind the Story. I'm Jasmine Tse, speaking to you from our studios at the South China Morning Post here in Hong Kong. And now, prepare to be transported between worlds. You're going to meet someone whose job is to find wayward, annoying or malignant ghosts and get them out of people's homes and you're going to find out the list of things that Hong Kongers get told not to do during this time of year in case they attract ghosts. So let me tell you why Hong Kong is the perfect place to explain the difference between Eastern and Western cultures and how we celebrate the dead. We celebrate Halloween in Hong Kong very specifically there's no trick-or-treating, there's no bags of candy, and no carving of pumpkins. But it's fair to say there's a lot of movement between the physical world and the spirit world. And by that, I mean the spirits people come into contact with in Hong Kong during Halloween, which tend to be vodka, tequila, whiskey, and gin. Because on October 31st, tens of thousands of us dress up and head into the Long Kwai Fong nightclub district in all manner of outfits. We're talking zombies, superheroes, sexy devils, werewolves, anything else that looks freaky and bound to get you some attention as you walk through the crowds. And in case you've forgotten, Halloween is another pagan festival that was taken over by Christianity and remodeled away from its Celtic roots. The original name for what became All Hallows' Eve and Halloween is the Samhain Festival. The ancient Celtic people thought the barriers between the living and the spirit world became porous and breachable during Samhain, and their ancestors might come across and kidnap them. So, they dressed as animals and monsters to disguise themselves. They also prepared offerings of food and drinks and left them outside their villages in order to keep the spirits out. And that sounds a bit like what people are doing on this side of the world, We don't just leave out food and drink for the hungry spirits. It's also tradition to leave an empty chair at the table for any ancestors dropping by on the night of the Hungry Ghost Festival. And there's another interesting resonance between the Celtic traditions and ours. The Celtic Druids built huge sacred bonfires where people burned crops and sacrifices to the deities. In Hong Kong for the past week or two, and for the next few weeks, You'll see the same scene repeated over and over on a much different scale. You'll see one or two people gathered at the side of the road, slowly feeding bits of paper into a small fire, normally in a steel bin of some sort. What they're doing is burning something called Hell Money. This tradition goes back to about 200 AD, when paper versions of gold and money were burnt as offerings to the dead. This hell money, or Joss paper, helps your ancestors out in the underworld as they make the long journey of burning off their bad karma to be reborn on a higher plane. But this ancient tradition of burning hell money has of course evolved with the culture of Hong Kong. Now, there's a whole industry in paper products you can buy to burn and sacrifice to your ancestors. You want to send your great-grandparents an iPhone or a Tesla in the afterlife? No problem! Maybe you want to offer them a nice place to stay in the underworld. You can buy an entire papier-mâché apartment block and burn it for them over these next few weeks. Which is all fine if the ghosts are your ancestors. But what if the ghosts aren't friendly? What if they're malignant spirits? Who are you gonna call? You know, when I was working on this podcast and writing the script, one of my colleagues, Yuki, told me that we're not supposed to eat tasu or barbecue roast pork, during this time. I had never heard of that before. So I'm going to bring in my colleague, Lisa Cam. She wrote a story about this last
0: year. We've all heard it. All of our family or friends tell you to stay away from the roast meat store during Hungry Ghost Festival. And I just had to dig into like where it came from. Now after a bit of exploring and asking a few sources, it seems that it all originated from one guy, Danny Summers, in the 80s. He was part of a rock group called Blue Jeans. And at that time, I think around the 80s and 90s in Hong Kong, a lot of ethereal superstition or ghosty kind of variety shows were on TV. And he was one of the guests on these shows. At that time, he claimed he had the third eye, being able to see ghosts. And he relayed the story that on one occasion he was walking past a roast meat shop during Hungry Ghost Festival, and he saw a mother and child standing really close. And when he had a second look at them, he noticed that they had really long tongues and they were licking the char seal through the window. And that's how this story started. And it was further solidified into very popular horror movie, The Eye, from 2002. And there was a scene of it in the movie. And now everybody just takes that as law.
1: So that's an urban myth that you were looking into a few years ago. But what about this year? What have you learned about the Festival of the Hungry Ghosts? Well, I found an exorcist. An exorcist? You mean like...
0: No, no, no. He's not like the guy in the Hollywood movie. There's no old priest with a cross and a Bible. There's no young girl saying terrible, disgusting things to people. And there's no projectile vomiting, for sure. I mean, this is Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, we live with superstition. You know, it's incorporated a lot in our lives. Having Buddha statues in the house is part of a lot of people's homes. Number plates, the eights, the threes, it all works into it. So I've been talking to a feng shui practitioner who also is kind of like a spiritual fixer, more than an exorcist. And he's who people call when they feel they've been bothered by spirits. By spirits, you mean ghosts, right? Hungry ghosts? Yeah, ghosts. This professional has his own office. An office? What does that office look like? It actually just looks like an accountant's office, honestly. I mean... Feng Shui masters get a lot of their work from corporates, especially around Chinese New Year, to make sure that they've got good juju, that their salespeople sell things. So, I mean, if you have corporate representatives coming to your office, you don't want it too creepy to scare them off. So Lisa, can
1: you tell us more about this Feng Shui practitioner with the sideline of exorcism?
2: i
0: his name is Andrew Kwan. He practices the Lok branch of Taoism. Taoism.
1: So, is he like those Taoist priests in the movies from the 80s, where they would do battles against vampires and ghosts?
0: That's different. What we see in the movies are from the Mao San branch of Taoism, but Lok Yam takes a bit of a gentler approach. Instead of what you see, like an altar with fire and coin swords and all sorts of spells and salt and carrying like wooden swords and things like that, Lok Yam actually believes in moderating with the spirits more, helping them pass on. That's why I prefer to call him more of a fixer. Andrew said his occupation actually has a tiny bit in common with Hollywood movies.
3: After I treat the house and chase away the ghosts, it's kind of like Western movies in that the house will instantly get brighter. But as I always say, a movie is just a movie. To make the movie more thrilling, they'd add special effects to make it more visually interesting.
1: Lisa, you said Andrew is a feng shui practitioner, but also a ghost fixer. How do
0: these two come together? Well, Andrew told me he came across the ethereal when he actually was working on feng shui, reading feng shui or visiting people's houses. And sometimes the things that people are complaining about or saying that it doesn't feel right is actually linked to spirits and ghosts. So he decided to learn actually find a master for it, which he did. And he ended up dealing with it as he went. And as word got around, he said that in the last 10 years, his source of business is actually 50-50 now. So how does he know whether it's the person who's being haunted or their house that's being haunted? That's a good question. Andrew would first have his client explain what they're going through and then visit their homes to find out a bit
2: more.
3: Some people said things like, the TV at home would suddenly turn on at night, some toys would turn on by themselves, or the bathroom lights would turn off while they're showering. If this happens often, and nothing is wrong with their home electrical systems, then it's obviously something about the home. Other people think they don't feel well only when they're at home. So they think it's about their home. But after further investigation, it's not about their home, but about them.
0: One of his clients thought that her house was being haunted, but it turns out it was her foreign domestic helper who was being haunted.
3: When the foreign domestic helper was taking out the trash, there was a spirit who asked for help and started following her and entered the house. I found out that the spirit was an old Chinese man who wanted to move on but didn't know how. So we had to help him perform a ritual. The foreign domestic helper said she didn't know how, because she's not Taoist, she's Catholic. But I told her that it didn't matter. As long as she recited something that would bring peace, such as a Bible verse, it would still have some effect. She did this for some time. Then one day, the spirit said he was going to leave and told the foreign domestic helper to take good care of herself.
1: Okay, Lisa, I've got to ask. How can Andrew tell whether someone is being haunted or if it's a psychological issue?
0: Well, Andrew would first check if there's actually ghosts or spirits lingering around the person.
3: If there's nothing around that person, but they're still talking about ghosts or spirits, I would actually encourage them to see a doctor or a psychiatrist to check their physical and mental health. I would also encourage their family and friends to pay closer attention to them.
0: Not only does Andrew sometimes encourage people to see psychiatrists, but some psychiatrists go to see him as well.
3: Some of my clients are psychiatrists. I would ask if they believe there are ghosts. And they say that whether they believe in them doesn't have to do with their profession. Like any other person, they either believe in them or they don't. It just so happens that they're psychiatrists and others aren't. So some psychiatrists believe there are ghosts, others don't. Obviously, they can't tell their patients to see an exorcist. They represent science, so they prescribe medicine. At the same time, these psychiatrists say that they sometimes get patients where it doesn't seem to be a mental health issue, but is instead because a spirit is bothering them. In these cases, the psychiatrists would advise their patients to find alternative treatments, and the patients would end up seeking help from an exorcist. Sometimes exorcism works, sometimes it doesn't. We're just one means of treatment.
1: Lisa, you earlier mentioned how superstitions are a huge thing in Hong Kong, like with car plates. And there's also buildings. I mean, buildings in Hong Kong don't have floors with the number four, because in Cantonese, four and death sound the same. Say and say. There's also many superstitions about the Hungry Ghost Festival. If you search online, there are many articles like 10 things you should not do that might attract ghosts and spirits. But Lisa, how much of this is legit? And how much of it is just parents trying to scare their kids?
0: Actually, I was curious as well. So I asked Andrew about these 10 things. So let's go through the list. First up, do not stay out late at night because ghosts like to prey on their victims at night. Andrew said it mostly depends on whether that person has good or bad luck.
3: If the person has good luck, then it doesn't matter whether they stay out late or not, although no one can guarantee whether they'll have good or bad luck forever. So if you're unsure of whether you have good or bad luck, then it's best for you to avoid staying out late. On the other hand, if you have bad luck, then you should always avoid staying out late.
0: Number two, do not sing or whistle at night which attracts the attention of roaming spirits.
3: If you have bad luck, any sounds that you make could attract spirits. For example, singing, whistling. Also, some people like to wear keychains that have a jingling sound. If you have bad luck, you should avoid making any of these sounds during the Hungry Ghost Festival.
0: Number three. Do not disturb the offerings for the deceased.
3: There is a saying that if you mess with the offerings, you defend the spirits. Again, it depends on the individual's luck. But in Hong Kong, whether people believe in spirits or not, they tend to avoid disturbing the offerings anyway.
0: Fourth on the list, do not engage in water-related activities. People believe that vengeful water spirits try to lure victims into the water so they can take their place and be reincarnated.
3: Same as what I said before, if you have bad luck and then go to an environment with lots of spirits, you'd easily attract them to you. But also, there could be more injuries from water related activities during this time simply because more people are doing them. There's a difference between 10,000 people swimming and 1 million people swimming. Still, if possible, I'd advise those who don't know whether they have good luck or not to avoid engaging in water related activities.
0: Number five, do not take photos at night. Some people allegedly took photos that captured ghostly figures or strange orbs.
3: It depends on the location and time. If you're taking pictures at a familiar place, then it's not a big deal. But if you're at a historic landmark or a place with lots of shade and trees, then I'd advise you to not take any pictures.
0: Number six, do not sit in the front row at entertainment performances. They're reserved. Reserved? For
2: who? For the Ghosts.
3: For any special entertainment events like concerts, mahjong, company outings, it's easy for spirits to appear. The spirits could mess with the mahjong tiles or mess with the entertainment venue. Generally speaking, the spirits know that they shouldn't mess around, but they just can't resist. So, to avoid competing over the same space, you can leave some space for them, such as not sitting in the front row.
0: 7. Do not hang wet laundry outside at night.
2: The
3: rationale behind avoiding hanging laundry at night is that you may bump into a spirit. The action of hanging laundry isn't a problem. It's more about whether your environment is dark, shady or unsafe. If you usually hang your laundry clothes indoors, that's not a problem. But if you hang it outside where there's lots of trees and shade, then you could bump into a spirit. So avoiding hanging laundry is a good thing.
0: Eight.
2: Do not take the last train or bus at night.
3: Of course, it's best to go home early. But if you can't, and you need to take the last bus or train, then you should avoid sitting on certain seats. The spirits will usually sit in the very front or the very back. So you should sit in the middle, where there's more people.
0: Number nine, do not pick up money off the ground.
3: People in Guangdong, China, believe that the spirits are greedy. And when the spirit sees money, they'll be attracted to it. In the old days, some people with bad luck would throw money on the ground in hopes that the spirits would follow the money instead of themselves, thus removing the bad luck. But when you pick up the money from the ground, you're taking that bad luck home with you. So it's best not to pick them up.
0: Last but not least, number 10. Do not kill moths grasshoppers or butterflies around your house because they might be the spirits of your ancestors visiting.
3: It really depends on the circumstances. I've heard of instances where people would see a moth. Then, on that same night, they dream about their relative. So they think the two are connected. I would say, if you can release the insect without killing them, then you should do that. If it's a huge disturbance to you, and you can't do anything but to kill it, then do that. So it really depends on you. But are all moths and insects the spirit of your ancestors? Not necessarily. It's probably just a coincidence.
0: Lisa, how many of those ten things do you actually follow? Not many just not hanging my clothes out at night because I don't believe laundry will dry at night in Hong Kong.
1: What about whistling alone in the dark? Well,
0: I can't whistle, so I think I'm pretty safe from that one. Okay, well then do you have your own ghost story? Actually, I do. So it happened back in college when I was in Australia, university as we call it, And I don't even remember which part of the year it was, but one of my friends were driving me home. And have you know about those roads that kind of hug the mountain? Mm -hmm. This one in particular kind of dips before it goes back up. And during that dip in that road, it's those areas that's a bit accident prone. You know, the ones where you See, like you know, some flowers or a cross stuck to the tree, mm. you know, once in a while, where you know, like, oh, something bad happened here. So one night, late at night, after a long night of karaoke, we were driving back, and we saw from a distance that that dip in that part of the road was particularly misty. Not unheard of in that parts. It's close to the bush, and you know, depending on time of year, it could get a bit humid. So we're driving through. Now I don't know to this day whether or not that it was a trick of the car lights on mist or what else. But at one point I saw a pair of legs running across the road. And before I could say anything, I could already see the look of shock on my friend's face. And he just kept saying, I didn't see anything. And when our car crossed that part where we saw the legs would have been, the windows frosted up. And he frantically turned on the window wipers and just saying we didn't see anything and i was like okay we didn't see anything but nothing else happened after that and like i said it could be just the humidity
1: well lisa that's your story in
0: australia what about some hong kong ghost stories Well, my colleague, Ashlyn Chuck, has written a story on common Hong Kong ghost stories. Because there's some great ones in there, including my favorite, The Single Ponytail. Sounds interesting.
1: I guess we can keep an eye out for it on scmp.com. That's right. Thank you for your time, Lisa. Thanks. Before we go, I want to leave you with something special. A classic Hong Kong ghost story, which was actually reported in the pages of the South China Morning Post and taken from a Behind the Story Halloween special a couple of years ago. It was narrated by my former colleague Nadim Shad. This story goes by several names, but it's about mahjong, kanji, and ghosts. Can't get more Hong Kong than that.
4: The year is 1953. We are inside an apartment on Nathan Road watching an elderly lady go about her life. This apartment is on the fourth floor and if you speak Cantonese, you know the word for and the word for death are very similar. This is important to remember because the elderly lady is now looking out her fourth floor window at the apartment next door. She sees four people in the apartment. One is sitting near the window acting like a lookout. The others are playing mahjong. The lady is shocked and terrified. Each of these people are dressed in all white, which is how we dress people to be buried in Hong Kong. But there's something else too. None of these people have heads. It's a headless mahjong party. The lady is terrified, closes her windows, and pulls down the blinds. She tells her neighbors, but they don't believe her. But then something else happens. A nearby restaurant gets a phone call with an order. The delivery boy is dispatched with four bowls of congee to the fourth floor apartment. When the delivery boy knocks, the door only opens enough for one single hand to reach out and take each bowl of kanji one by one. And then the hand reaches out one more time, with the exact change to pay for the congee. The delivery boy gets back to the restaurant, but when he brings out the money paid for for the four bowls of kanji, he finds it's not real Hong Kong currency. It's hell money, supposed to be burned as an offering to ancestors in the underworld. The next night, the same order comes in, and the delivery boy goes back to the 4th floor apartment. And even though he swears to his boss that he checked and counted the money at the door, the same thing happens. The money he was paid isn't real currency. It's hell money. The restaurant owner has had enough, and calls the police. Now there's two versions of how this story ends. The first is the police arrive and speak to the elderly lady in the fourth-floor apartment. She pulls up the blinds in her apartment and shows them the scene next door. Four headless bodies playing mahjong. The police refuse to go into the apartment. The door is sealed shut and soon enough the building is demolished. And there's another version of this story. The police go to the apartment where the ghostly game of mahjong was being played they break down the door only to find four headless corpses with the remains of takeaway congee. The autopsy report is released, saying the bodies had been dead a week, but the food inside the stomach of the corpses had only been consumed in the past few days.